Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to our Air Force Visitors Edition of the Michigan Man. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On today's show, we'll get the inside scoop on this week's opponent from their radio play-by-play voice, Jim Arthur. As we do each week during the season, let's get it started with my view from Section 17. I love watching the Air Force offense at work. They run at you from so many formations, it makes your head spin. The timing and execution it takes to run the triple option takes a lot of practice. It's something that unless you're playing one of the service academies, you just don't see that often. Stopping the triple option is assignment football. It takes discipline and good open field tackling. Our defense has looked very good through the first two games. This week is going to be another test for us. I look forward to seeing if we can stay at home on defense and shut this option down. It will also be a test for our young secondary. When a team runs as much as Air Force, you can get lulled to sleep back in the secondary. The Falcons don't throw often, but if they have the running game working, they take their shots downfield and they have some receivers that can get after it pretty well. This is an important game for the offense on many levels, too. Wilton needs to get his mojo back, the offensive line needs to keep improving, and we need more consistency overall from this group. So here we go. It's week three, plenty of questions again, and we'll get more answers this Saturday at 12 noon. Jim Arthur is the radio play-by-play voice of Air Force football. He said thumping VMI 62 to nothing at home was nice, but coming to Ann Arbor to face Michigan in the big house is an entirely different matter. Coach Jim Calhoun and his program are coming off back-to-back 10-win seasons, and like Michigan, they are a very young team and a work in progress. Jim joins us next here on the Michigan Man Visitors Edition on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
We are joined on our visitor segment this week by the radio play-by-play voice of the Air Force Academy Falcons, Jim Arthur. Jim, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Mike, thanks so much. Well, Jim, the Falcons had a bye last week following a big opening day win against VMI. That was at home, 62 to nothing. It was a record-setting day on a lot of levels for the Falcons. Really nice way to start the season, wasn't it? It, it was, but to be honest with you, I, I, I don't know how much you get from those games. Air Force has always opened in, in, under the Troy Calhoun era against FCS squads, and you, you, they're undefeated against those teams. I just don't know how much you learn about yourself in those types of games. And then the fact that you had a bye the following week and then you play at Michigan on Saturday. And I, I've always been one that's believed you want to play the best competition possible. Now, a lot of teams play FCS schools, but I think it gets even more complicated when you have a bye the next week because you go from uh, playing a team like VMI, where, again, I don't think you learn much about yourself, to playing a team that's rated and ranked in the top 10. So I'm not sure what you get out of that game against VMI. Well, I guess the positive was you you put up good numbers. You got a lot of kids on the field for the first time. That helps with the nerves. And yeah, it's sort of strange. There's a bye week, the second week of the season. When I looked at the stat sheet, though, after that game, rushing yards piled up by Air Force, that was eye-popping. Yes, I know it's VMI. But 457 yards, you had seven different players record a rushing touchdown. Coach Troy Calhoun had to be happy at least about that. I think more than anything else, he liked the fact that they got a chance to look at a lot of kids. I think that's always important, and especially in this year. Air Force lost 32 seniors from their 10-3 and squad a year ago. So you get to look at kids under fire and under duress playing a different team. I think that's always good, and I think he was pleased that they got to look at so many kids to see how they would respond. Because when you're a young club, and Michigan knows this very well this year, when you're a young club, you really don't know how kids are going to react until the game begins. Well, very true. So a lot of kids uh, got time on the offensive side, on the defense, too. Uh, Falcon defense was just as impressive as the offense, only giving up 55 yards in the ground, forced punts on VMI's first six possessions. So also, at least a confidence builder and a good start for that defense. Yeah, and the defense, I think, Mike, is where if there are questions about Air Force, they're probably on the defensive side. Only one starter is back, and that's linebacker Grant Ross. You've got guys back that have played but not necessarily started. I've always thought starting's overrated anyway. But I think the secondary is maybe the biggest question for the Falcons because you lose all-conference performers, Weston Steelhammer, and Brody Hicks. Weston was a, a four-year starter. You lost good cornerbacks, and you just kind of started a new pretty much in the secondary. I think that's the place early on that defensive coordinator Steve Russ will look at the most and watch more tape on to see how those guys are doing back there. And you can't replace the leadership of a Weston Steelhammer. He was your quarterback of the defense, getting guys in the right position. They don't have that, at least not yet this year. So I think if there's any questions about Air Force, it's certainly on the defensive side. Well, Jim, Michigan's defensive coordinator, Don Brown, started prepping his defense and his players for the triple option during spring practice. And from what I hear, that continued when fall practice got underway. And as you know, Coach Brown loves a very active attacking defense, which can be a problem, as we all know, when you're 
playing against a triple option team because you've got to be disciplined. You've got to stay in your lanes. And this Air Force offense, you've got to do that if you're going to have any hopes of slowing it down, don't you? Well, I, I really think you do. And the option is is funny because Air Force doesn't consider themselves as much of an option team as, let's say, when Fisher DeBerry was the head coach. And what Air Force will do to kind of compound, I think, the challenges of defenses, and especially units that don't see it every year, is they'll run it out of a variety of formations. They'll run that out of the I formation. They can give you a true wishbone look. They could run that with slots outside of the tackles and just a single back, a full back, or a tailback lined up. They can run it out of the option. And when you have to be as disciplined as a defense does, and you know one guy's got to take the pick, second guy's got to take the quarterback, you really have to make sure when you see a different formation popped on you that you know where you're going and what you're doing. And as we all know, you don't want to think too much in football. You just want to react and you want to play. I think the more thinking Air Force can force a defense to do, that Air Force has that better of a chance to be successful with their ground game. Well, this Air Force offense is led by a junior quarterback, uh, Arian Worthman. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yes, Arian, yes. Arian, okay. Well, last year, never threw for more than 10 times in a game, but in the opener, he was 8 for 12, even threw 9 times in that first quarter. You think Coach Calhoun wanted to sort of give uh, Jim Harbaugh and the staff a little uh, something to look at on film? Well, I, I think so, and maybe something not to look at on film. But look, Coach Harbaugh gets it. They know what Air Force is going to do. And so they see Worthman throw nine times in the first quarter. They're not worried right now at the moment as much about the Air Force passing attack. I think that was just a swerve because you know coaches like – love to swerve other coaches as much as they can. I think it was just something to give them a little bit of pause. Coach Harbaugh and your defensive coordinator know exactly what's coming. The challenge, I think, for defenses is Air Force will throw the football, and they'll throw it off of play action, and they usually throw it for big gains off of play action. So you have to have that in the back of your mind a little bit. I'll be surprised if Air Force throws nine times in the first quarter Saturday in Ann Arbor. I don't anticipate that. But I think also Air Force is saying, hey, we can throw the football. We're not afraid to air it out. I think that's exactly what Coach Calhoun was saying. So I think you have to be honest to that part of the game. Well, I agree with you. When you get focused on stopping that triple option, a lot of times you have uh, receivers running with a lot of green grass out there. And from what I've seen, the academy has a couple of really nice athletic receivers in Gerard Saunders and uh, Marcus Bennett. Does that maybe change the philosophy a little bit this year when you've got two guys that talented that maybe you want to air it out a bit more? Well, I, I don't think it does, although it's interesting. If you go to an Air Force practice, you would be amazed how much time they spend throwing the football in practice. It's equal to how much time they spend running the football in practice. And a lot of people are amazed by that. They spend a ton of time throwing the football. It's an important part of their offense. They feel that they're not just one-dimensional, despite what the numbers and the statistics certainly may show. But they can throw the football. And they last year had Jalen Robinette, an all-conference performer who was just sensational last year. He was the best receiver, I think, in the Mountain West. 
and he's gone, he's graduated, but in Marcus Bennett and Gerard Sanders, you've got a couple of guys with sense. Sanders will remind you of Robinette because he's his size and he's can run. Bennett's very quick. He runs good patterns. He's got great hands. So Air Force will continue to throw the football. I don't think they'll throw it any because of those two. I think game situation will dictate really how much more they throw the football. Well, the Falcon ground attack is led by senior running back Tim McVeigh. He's an Ohio kid. Uh, he was also the leading receiver, I think, last year. And when I look at him, he's listed at 5'9", 190 pounds. When I watch him on tape, sort of a, you know, that scat back kind of a guy, really nice looking running back. He's got two things. He's got really three things that I'm most impressed about. One is he's quick. Number two, he's fast. And there's a difference, as we know, between quick and fast. And sometimes guys are one or the other, but not both. And the other thing that Tim has, he has exceptional, exceptional vision. He can pick out a lane where you think one doesn't exist, but he's so good at anticipating what defenses will do and reading guys. He has played a total of 28 games, and he's scored 27 career touchdowns in those 28 games. And he's bulked up this year. I think you'll see a lot of him this year and on Saturday. Now, and this is where it gets interesting, Mike, to me, because as a defense, Michigan can choose what they want to do when Air Force has the football. What I mean by that is if the defensive end wants to force the quarterback to pitch the football, he will attack the quarterback a certain way. If he wants the quarterback to keep the football, he will attack him a certain way. So the defense can, to an extent, kind of limit who touches the football when Air Force decides to run a true triple option as the quarterback comes down the line and reads. Other times, there are obviously set plays where McVeigh's going to get it or the fullback, Parker Wilson's going to get it, or it's a called run for Arion Worthman. But that adds to all, I think, of the mystique of the option. But again, with McVeigh, talented kid, he's from the Midwest. He knows what it means going certainly to the big house. Uh, a lot of guys are, are from the Midwest on this team. They understand the moment that will arrive on Saturday and what it means and the opportunity that presents itself. With us here on our visitor segment this week on the show, we are joined by the radio play-by-play voice of the Air Force Academy Falcons, Jim Arthur. Uh, Jim, the kicking game, always key, as we know. A lot of times fans uh, don't really pay attention to it until it bites you. Uh, Air Force solid there with, uh, is it Luke Strebel, how you pronounce his name? Luke Strebel's a good one. Career-wise, coming into the year, 32 of 36 in field goals. I mean, he is money. Uh, He's a terrific kicker. He's steady. He's got a good, strong leg. He handles kickoffs as well. He's a guy that they count on, they've relied upon. Uh, he's he's quite the athlete. I think he allows Troy Calhoun to sleep a little bit easier at night. Well, you would think so. 22 of 25 last year, 5 of 6 from beyond the uh, the 40-yard mark. So that's impressive. There was some talk he was going to uh, handle the punting this season. Is that not the case? No, there was. You're right. Uh, they, they looked at that. They don't want to wear him out. I think in an emergency, he can do that. He's a very good punter. He's a very good punter. But they like this young guy, Charlie Scott, who they've brought in and they think he can do very well for them. But Strabel's always a backup, certainly, if need be. Well, Coach Calhoun, now in his 11th season at Air Force, of course, we know he played at the academy. He's taken the team to nine bowl games. He's done an outstanding job there, hasn't he? He has. He really gets it. And I think that's important when you bring 
a coach as a head coach or assistant coaches in to understand just the mentality of coaching at a service academy. You don't get the guys for as long as you would like on a daily basis. You've got to be, I think, a little unique, and you see that with Navy's Air Force, Navy's offense, Army's offense, in what you run because you're not getting four- and five-star athletes. Uh, if you'd like to get, you'd like to get three-star athletes. Most of the time, you wind up getting two-star and one-star athletes. But you get guys who obviously are very intelligent in the classroom. And I think athletically, while they may not have the biggest muscles or the best speed in the 40, you get guys who, who have a heart and who have an athleticism that allows you to compete in every... It's, it's not easy because you go up against you know, Michigan's huge defensive line on Saturday. You go up against the athletes they have, and at other schools, even in our conference, whether it's Boise State or San Diego State. And so you carefully have to assemble all the pieces. Uh, But there's no doubt about it what Troy's been able to accomplish in his years. He understands the mission of the academy. He understands what kind of kids they need to compete at the Air Force Academy. Well, let's talk a minute, Jim, about this week's game uh, on Saturday in the Big House. Uh, as you mentioned at the top, you're not sure what you learned from that VMI game or uh, maybe the Air Force coaching staff isn't. I'm not sure what Michigan can pick up from that. I watched it, too. It was just impressive. Michigan fans, in many ways, after two games, are sort of at that point with this team. We're just not sure what we have. So I think one thing we know for certain both of these teams are very young, and it's a really tough game to get a read on, isn't it? I think so, Mike. I think you're exactly right, because both teams are young. And it will be interesting to me to see how Michigan's defense adapts early on to what Air Force does offensively, because you have to get to the speed of the game. And Michigan will try to replicate that as best they can with their scout team offense this week. But it's not the same. And and there's always a little bit of an adjustment once you get into a game, once you see the speed of what's done, once you understand how the offensive linemen are coming and trying to block against you, that takes a little bit of an adjustment. And to me, that's what I'll be watching for early is how quick can Michigan adjust to that? And when they do, will Air Force have success? Will they have to go to some other different things? So I'll be watching that side very, you know, with, with a curious eye to see what Michigan wants to do on on defense. Do they load the box up? Do they play eight guys, you know, within five yards of the ball and dare Air Force to throw it and then count on their athletes in the secondary to be athletes that Air Force has at wide receiver. Well, this is going to be the third meeting between Michigan and the Air Force Academy. Uh, the first one was on September 6, 1964 in Ann Arbor. 24-7 Michigan win. Then September 8th, 2012, again here in the Big House, a very hard-fought 31-25 to win for Michigan. So this Saturday, it's a big game for two young teams and a big day for Mountain West football because a win against Michigan would be not only huge for the academy and a young team, big win for the Mountain West football too, Jim. Well, you're right about that. And, and I said in my blog last week that the Mountain West, I really think, needs a win like this potentially to hang their hat on. The Mountain West wants to be considered more than just a group of five conference. The Mountain West feels it's the best conference outside the power five. I mean, they want a seat at the table. I think the only way you get a seat at the table is you win games like this. 
and I don't think you get a seat at the table by playing games like this close. You've got to get victory. San Diego State had a great win over Arizona State last week. Boise State had a chance to beat a uh, Pac-12 team and a top-20 team in Washington in triple overtime. Colorado State lost to CU Pac-12 team a couple of weeks ago. You really need to take advantage of these opportunities. And it's not easy, and everybody gets it. But if you want to be, if you want to be one of the cool kids on the block, you got to act like a cool kid. You got to beat some of the other cool kids who are established and known cool kids, so to speak, on the block. So I think they, that's why this is a big game. And Air Force played, as you mentioned, Michigan close five years ago. Played Michigan State close a couple of years ago. Uh, had Oklahoma beat several years ago in Norman. Uh, they beat Washington in Fisher and Berry's last year, or second to last year. Uh, back in the early part of the 2000s. So they're not afraid to play these types of games. They've played Notre Dame and have had good success against Notre Dame over the last 10, 12 years. But the landscape has changed, as you well know. And there's now, I think, a line of delineation between the Power Five conferences and the Group of Five. And if you want to be one of those teams clamoring to maybe get an invite to a Power Five conference or your conference to be considered as such, you got to win a game like Saturday. Well, last question for you, Jim. I know I'll hear this all week from my listeners. Will the Falcon be making the trip this Saturday? I believe it will. I don't know that for a fact, but I hope it does because it is the only performing live mascot in all of college football. And to watch that Falcon fly at halftime is really amazing. And to see what the young men and women do with the academy as they raise, and they raise about a dozen Falcons each and every year, and they train them. And it's amazing uh, what you're able to do and to watch the Falcon and to see the speed that it has as as it comes down toward its target. It's really amazing. And, you know, it's much like the Michigan band. That is a must see halftime event, and I think the Falcon is as well. Oh, I I agree with you. It's one of the things I think as college football fans, it's one of those sites that we look forward to seeing. It's one of the great parts and pieces of college football. So I'm hoping we see the Falcon uh, this Saturday in the big house. Absolutely. My guest on this week's Visitor's Edition has been the radio play-by-play voice of Air Force football and basketball, Jim Arthur. Jim, thanks for being so gracious with your time uh, on a Monday during game week, and enjoy what is supposed to be a beautiful weather day in the big house on Saturday. Well, it's a wonderful visit. We really enjoyed our trip, except for the outcome a few years ago. Uh, Beautiful to the Midwest, and we always look forward to getting back there. Thank you. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, nothing new on the injury front. It was announced earlier this week that freshman Donovan Jeter had undergone surgery and was out for the season. Kareem Walker and Oliver Martin were working through injuries. Other than that, we're in good shape for Saturday. Here are a few game day facts. Michigan and Air Force will be meeting for the third time on Saturday. The first two meetings were also here in Ann Arbor. In September of 1964, we beat them 24-7. And then in September of 2012, we hung on to win 31-25. to 
Head coach Troy Calhoun is now in his 11th year at Air Force. His record is 77-53. and 53. He has guided the Falcons to nine bowl appearances in his first 10 years. He played at Air Force under legendary coach Fisher DeBerry. Last year, the Falcons were 10-3, 5-3 in the Mountain West. They received votes, but were unranked at the end of the season. They played in the Nova Home Loans Bowl last year and whipped up on South Alabama 45-21. They have six starters back on offense, but only one on defense. In the season-opening win against VMI, they rushed for just over 460 yards. A reminder that our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. If you get the show from iTunes, please take a minute to comment or rate us. Thanks in advance. Next week, it's time to get Big Ten play underway. Before the season started, many said Purdue was not a good football team. So far, they have been a surprise. They went down to Louisville and nearly won, then blasted Ohio at home last week. This Saturday, they travel to Missouri for another Big Ten SEC matchup. So this is shaping up to be a tougher game than we had thought. In reality, there really isn't an easy game left on this schedule. On Tuesday's Michigan game day, Chris Ballas from the Wolverine will join me to recap Saturday's action and start thinking about the trip to West Lafayette next Saturday. On Thursday, we'll be joined by a gentleman who knows the Boilers inside and out. Purdue Radio play-by-play voice Tim Newton will be our guest. We have business to take care of before the Big Ten season starts, though. This Saturday's game with Air Force kicks off at 12 noon. The weatherman says it's going to be sunny and near 80 in the big house, so another beautiful day for football. That will do it for another week. Make sure you join me next week as we bring you the latest news on your Wolverine. And get ready for the start of what should be a wild and crazy Big Ten season. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. Until next week, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!